If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's scared, but we hang in there. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Jeffrey Bezos. I'm your host, Aaron <laughs> Dicer, and his gift is not a sideshow attraction. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Good to see you. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Call him and he'll tell you a joke. It's Jonathan Watkins! Hey, what's up, guys? Good to have you back, Thanks man. for having me. Of course, of course. Jonathan uh, and I are co-workers uh, yes. and also do another weekly podcast together called Behind the Sins for the Cinema Sins Podcast Network. And yes. uh, it's always good to have you on. I kind of reach out Thank to you, you when we've got a little horror going on because I know you're very, um, let's say, versed in the horror. Horror, horror-centric. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Horror-adjacent. So, how you been, you man? Gotta pronounce that second R. Horror. <laughs> yes, two syllables. Yeah, that, that's true. Two syllables. That's true. I, I am not horror centric. <laughs> horror. Two syllables. Yes, two syllables. That's why I, I say mean, horror. You know, I mean, we can we can talk about my college days, but uh, I'd rather not. Hey. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the Conjuring. The devil made me do it today. Uh, so you know, John had Jonathan on for that, and then I wasn't sure what we were going to do for our second movie 
because a lot of the ones I was looking at either didn't sound interesting or I couldn't really find where they were showing or playing. There was one, I think, Sylvester Stallone movie that was supposed to come out this weekend. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Samaritan or something like that. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't (laughs) Rocky. Yeah, it was not Rocky. Was not Rocky, uh, and I Rambo. couldn't find out where it was playing. And then I was like, "Everybody's buzzing about this new Bo Burnham special, so we're gonna do Bo Burnham's Inside for our second review uh, today, as well as talk about our uh, top five uh, comedy stand-up specials uh, in our BEC for the day. And of course, we'll do some buried treasure uh, along the way as well. But I'm I'm ready to get into it, guys. If you guys are, let's do um, it. So yeah, let's, let's get right into it. it. I, I hate that I missed a uh, Dicer made me do it joke. I, I have that <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> and but I'm still going to talk about it. Yes, yes. Fun. Conjuring four. <laughs> the Dicer made me do it. Yep, exactly. Totally get it. Uh, let's talk about the Conjuring. The devil made me do it. I think I hurt someone. This is Ed Warren here with Lorraine. All right, let's get started. Residents of Brookfield were shocked this afternoon by the broad daylight murder of Bruno Sauls. The court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their careers after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloodied young man walking down the road. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are back uh, as uh, the the couple investigating uh, based on the real life couple. Uh, You've got um, a story that is pretty tangentially related to the actual story of uh what happened here although a lot of the the basic ideas are the same and kind of the basic plot uh is the same uh this is the third conjuring movie but i'm gonna say the eighth movie in the conjuring expanded universe is the number i've heard yeah they have like the annabelle and the nun and stuff like that right that are that don't have the warrens in it is that right well, actually, I was going to say the last Annabelle movie, Annabelle Comes Home, was about their daughter, Judy. So they're actually in that one. I mean, I almost feel like that one feels like a Conjuring film as well. Mm-hmm. But this is yeah. still technically this is the third one. I guess I should say right up front, I've only seen the, the I guess you could say the real three movies, mm-hmm. like the first Conjuring, the second one, and this one. That's I haven't seen wise. like... I haven't seen Annabelle or The Nun or any of those. So. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's some fun. There's some fun to be had in a couple of the Annabelle movies, but yeah, skipping The Nun and La Llorona or whatever that how you pronounce that. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I've actually seen. I think all of them except La Llorona. I think that's the only one I haven't like gone out of my way to uh, to catch up on. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I loved the first Conjuring movie. I loved is a strong word. I really appreciated the first Conjuring movie as a non-horror fan. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was really well made, very intense, understood suspense in a really good way. Uh, Conjuring 2 is not bad either. Uh, so I'm interested in w- uh, what you guys think of Conjuring 3. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? And Jonathan, you go first. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I just watched this yesterday, and if we had talked about this right after I watched it, I probably would have been in the okay camp. Mm-hmm. Now that I've had close to 24 hours to think about it, I'm pretty firmly in the I just didn't like it uh, okay. camp, so All I'll right. go with that. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Shockingly, I'm in the 
it was okay camp. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. Uh, guys, I'm in the hated Aaron. it camp. Uh, I, I get hated it. this movie. Um, and a lot of that passion just comes from probably that it's not my genre to begin with. You know, like I'm not, t- I don't tend to enjoy these kind of movies. And you add to that some other things that annoyed me and I just, you know, by about halfway and I'm just like, oh, do I really have to watch the rest of this? <laughs> so, oh, man. So James, that's the worst. James Wan was missed, right? Yes. I think that I think that is what it comes down to. We'll talk about it more. Andrew, surprisingly, liked it more than either of us. So What's you, going on? You get to start. <laughs> you get to start. On? You get to start, man. What are some of your general First thoughts? First off, this is a terrible title for a movie. I just <laughs> want to say that right, up, right off the bat. I think that something that... Maybe it's just because I haven't seen the other Conjuring movies in so long that I kind of just forgot that that's what the, these movies were like. They're kind of... Yeah, they're horror movies, but there's also a detective element to it. It kind of reminds me of uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though that's more court drama as opposed to detective work. But it it's not a typical uh, horror movie, I guess you could say. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's trying to be a, a structure to these movies that is different than what I normally, you know, just scoff at. There's plenty to scoff at at this movie, don't forget. Here's uh, my biggest pro with the movie, though. I really think that Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson have really good chemistry. Yes, I think Agreed. them working together is, like, I buy it. And maybe that's maybe that's why these movies have, you know, spawned so many sequels, is because if your two leads, you know, work so well together, people just want to come back and see more of them. So, that's... That's really my big takeaway from this one is, yeah, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are just great together. Yeah, um, I would agree. It, it really is, in, in my opinion, the sole thing that you know I enjoyed about the movie was their performances and their chemistry together. Uh, and some of that is built upon the first two movies as well. And so you've got history there. And that is the strength you can have with expanded universes or sequels or those kind of things is you can build on stuff that works already. And I do think they work um, together. So I, I think that's a, a, a valid positive and, and probably the only one um, I had while watching it. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything yeah. else you liked about it other than? Uh, well, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I mean, Farmiga and Wilson is, I, I'm never going to find one of these movies not watchable. And it's 100%. I don't think, I don't think. And it's 100% because of them, because that that's like Aaron, but that's why I don't think I hate it because they're so good and there's stuff with them in this that I enjoyed a lot. And I will say like the first hour um, was, was okay. Most of the time, like there was stuff I liked about the beginning and then there was some stuff in the kind of in the middle of that first hour. That was fine. I think it's the last like 45 minutes or so of this movie where it just goes off the rails uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I lost, I started losing interest quickly i think it's probably around when they go to that small town which i kind of enjoyed that sequence where they go to that small town to try to find somebody else that uh maybe had an interaction with this demon or whatever Mm -hmm. uh once after that point i just it just kept losing my interest more and more as it went along and then it just kind of became like what a lot of these other conjuring verse movies are i guess yeah and it's so disappointing when it becomes as cliche as the other ones, yeah. as bad as the other ones, because this was 
the Conjuring and Conjuring Two, both, if nothing else, were technically proficient. Were uh, had interesting plots that you know you could uh, maintain, uh, you know, some sort of compelling uh, interest in. And I just didn't feel like this one did. I'm with you, maybe not for the first half. I'm definitely with you on the first scene. I think the exorcism in the first scene is done yeah. really, really well. And I think there's there's some great, um, some really great effects work, some really great performance yeah. work going on there. And it sets up the movie in this really wonderful way that then just grinds to a halt and just is like, oh, this whole thing we set up, we're not even going to, you know really worry about it for another half hour and then at that point it's it's kind of like not even what you thought it was going to be it's not i don't know it's it's hard to explain other than to just say like i just wasn't interested after that there's like a mystery element to this like there's like almost like a who not a who it's not who done it i mean you know who did but you don't know exactly what this thing is and right they spend a lot of time on them trying to figure that out yeah. and it i don't know it, it feels almost like you're watching a tv movie or something yeah my biggest complaint with this movie can be summed up by one character's line in this entire movie. And it's whenever Stuart Denethor, son of Ecthereleon, says, uh, why doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> it matters so much whenever you're watching a movie. Whenever I need to know why any of this is happening... Mm-hmm. It, it, it matters. Why is probably the most important thing in any movie. Yeah, you can say that, oh, this is based on true events and stuff like that, so you can go based on whatever that, you know, however. But no, none of that matters. You're making a movie. You have to have structure. You have to have reasons. You have to have all of these things in place for me to care. Mm-hmm. The only thing I care about is Patrick and Vera. Yeah. They're really good. And that's honestly the, maybe the only thing. Maybe, okay, I'm taking it back. I'm on the low side of okay. <laughs> I'm on the low side of okay now. By the because end of the I episode, that, you'll, you'll not yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, I was never scared once in this movie. I don't know if... Is is Insidious in the uh, the Conjuring No, universe? it's just James Wan just directed a couple of okay. them. Okay, I, I remember they Patrick are Wilson was in those yeah, two, right? Yeah, he is. He is. Okay, maybe that's why I just got him confused. Yeah. But uh, those movies were creepy, and I actually got scared. Yeah. But I don't remember ever being scared in any of the Conjuring movies. I just think maybe they're... I don't know if they're supposed to be scary or they're just supposed to be eerie. Because I get scared easily, and if this movie didn't scare me, then maybe gotcha. there's just... Yeah. You know, I'm trying to figure it well, out. Well, and just none of, none of the other performances are that engaging. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the actor's fault. I mean, that has a lot to do with the editing, the writing, mm-hmm. all that kind sure. of stuff. So, but it is, it is, you go like, you've got Formiga and Wilson, and then it's just like, no, I, I don't know. I mean, it was cool to see John Noble show up. Like, that was fun because I like John Adam, Noble, but he doesn't yeah. add anything to this, right? And no. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, it was like, I was like, hey. No, okay, here's the thing I hate about John Noble's character. He is so painfully trying to play that character, like, without any subtlety whatsoever. Yeah. That it's like, okay, yeah, okay, we're we're coming back to you later on, I bet. But, uh, yeah, it's... I, I think I agree with you. I don't think anybody's giving a, a really bad performance no. besides him, I think. But it's more of a... Uh, Nobody is on the level of Vera and Patrick that I'm like, 
I, I don't care about anybody else in this movie besides mm-hmm. them. I don't care about the person they're trying to save, which arguably should be the person I care about most, shouldn't it? Yeah. Should I care about Patrick and Vera more than I care about the person they're trying to save? I I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too on that because legally, I mean, I they are sa- they are trying to save his life, but like there's no there's no doubt that he did what he did. So, you know, it, that's kind of a weird thing too. And yeah. you don't really even get much of the case. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like you see the early stages of the courtroom scene, the courtroom case, where, which that was actually a pretty funny scene where it was like, you know, they asked oh, the uh, they take, asked the attorney to come over to the house and see what they had, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then the next and shot her face, is just, the next shot, <laughs> and then I like and that, then, and then the judge just reacting to her, you know, uh, saying what the what the not guilty plea is or whatever, and yeah. but then you don't really get anything else after that. It's all Vera and Patrick trying to, or it's all the Warrens. Um, yeah. you know, trying to trying to figure out what's going on. So I feel like it's I don't know. it's almost a no win situation they put themselves in because if you do more of the courtroom stuff, you just become the exorcism of Emily Rose, right? Which has already yeah. done this exact idea and done it fairly well. So if you do too much of that, then you just come off looking like you're that movie. But if you don't do enough of it, you miss the most interesting thing about this case. Which is that yeah, it was an yeah. actual court case, this, you know? This is a super fascinating story. Even if you don't like this movie, I highly right. recommend right. you look into what all went down because it is really interesting. I will say that maybe that is, besides the performance, maybe that's something else I can say that I like about this movie. It intrigued me to want to know more about what really yeah. happened. Yeah. You know, besides the, uh, the not glorification, but the... Uh, extremeness of a movie setting as opposed to like a, a documentary I think would be really fascinating to uh, delve into. Yeah. For sure. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts, any other stuff you, you want to kind of bring up I about mean, this movie? I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. So, sure. you know, non-spoilery, I don't know that I have any more to say. But I mean, really, we've said it over and over, but for Megan Wilson make this, the fact that they make it as watchable as they do... A test. I like them. In fact, I was telling my friend yesterday, I like them so much together in these movies that it kind of upsets me that they're with other people in real life. Like, <laughs> like I feel like they're cheating on each other uh-huh. in real uh, life. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's also funny. an interesting contrast to if you if you do any work, if you do any and you know uh, background on what the Warrens actually were. This is very much a like fictional mm-hmm. uh, version of the Warrens too, which yeah. is also interesting, but. So just, but I, it's just, I don't know. They're one of the, I don't know. I just, I just want them to be together forever and uh, <laughs> everything else, whatever. I don't sure. Care. Sure. <laughs> uh, Andrew, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? There's, uh, I don't even know if you can call it a post credit scene because the credits kind of, it just immediately dives right into what mm-hmm. I guess you could consider a, a in credit scene, which interesting. You know, it's it's actual footage and like audio files of. Mm-hmm. What I like that really kind of happened. stuff usually. Yeah, I do I'm too. getting quotes in here, but I'm in a tiny bubble. So, are we so. to? Be- did anybody do any research? Are we to believe that's the actual audio recording that they played over the credits? I, I didn't look into it. I didn't look into they, it either. I meant to. They and I said it to. was. They said it was in the credits. Yeah. So, 
but you know, they also say Fargo's based on her true stories. So, you know, they can put anything <laughs> in a movie. It's funny. It's funny you talk about how bad the title of this movie is because there's actually a TV movie that was made in the early '80s based on this, and I, I was trying to find it. I think, but I think it's called Demon Murder Case or something like that. It's like an even worse title. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Demon Murder Case this week on ABC. Or <laughs> the only other thing I specifically wanted to ask: Evil is, Demon Murder Case <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my uh, my one last thing, and I kind of uh, put it to you, Jonathan, since you have a, a wider expanse of knowledge in the genre. I felt like even as somebody who's not a horror movie person, that I saw so many direct, blatant homages to other horror movies that like yeah. there's some Exorcist stuff in here that oh, they basically ton. took right off the poster, and I'm just oh. like. The priest like getting the, out of the taxi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that was the, the thing I was beginning. about to mention earlier. It's insane. Like. <laughs> That's like the cover of the like. That's like the poster, basically. That's right? what yeah. I said. They I mean, took it yeah. right off the poster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I, I just wondered if there were others that I missed. Like when you are paying homage to something know. else, there's a balance to that, right? Like where you can you can wink at something, but not have it like you know dominate. Like to me, those kind of things, especially that Exorcist thing, and maybe it's just that. Maybe there aren't many others um, because again, I'm not as familiar with a lot of stuff, but. It was just one of those things where I was like, okay, like hit me over the head with it. Like, you know, uh, it's just. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I laughed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When that happened. Yeah. There's actually, there's a parody that Leslie Nielsen's in called Repossessed from like 1990 or something. And I immediately thought about that when I saw that scene. Like that might as well have been Leslie Nielsen. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's the problem with that right there. Whenever you do a movie like this that you're saying is based on actual events and that this needs to be taken seriously, whenever you introduce something like The Exorcist, whenever you're like referencing other movies, that negates everything you're trying to do with saying yeah. that this is a real event. You're like, hey, remember these other movies? Don't forget you're watching a movie. Well, and it's it's hard. It's like I, I actually talked about this on the Behind the Sins that's coming out this week where it's really hard to not already think about the exorcist because the exorcist is like the exorcism movie it's Mm -hmm. like jaws whenever you see another animal attack movie you're always going to think about jaws and so it's hard enough to not even be thinking about that movie and then you're just going to blatantly do that Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know that's a that's a weird uh that's a weird flex for a movie to have i I don't really understand what they were doing there and it's not like it's a good shot i mean there's nothing about that other than they're clearly just like, hey, remember the exorcist? Oh, yeah. It's, they don't linger on it or anything. It's like, no. oh, it's there. You're like, oh, I, I, I oh. see what you did there. And then it's over with. Can I also mention, though, uh, Suspicious Minds plays on this soundtrack while they're in a car. I thought that was <laughs> they hilarious. They talk because, about it. <laughs> yeah. And that happens in Army of the Dead. I just think that's such a... We- Although there's there's not a there's not fellatio going on in the <laughs> that's conjuring. That's true. That's true. So we're, so we're clear. But I just thought that was an interesting... Uh, it's always interesting to see common things in movies in a, in a period of time. And so that's like a weird summer movie thing where we're just going to play suspicious minds and car scenes. Let's it's like, I a, hope Fast, yeah. if fast and furious nine doesn't have one, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> is all I'm saying. What was the song that was in like three different movies the same year? Uh, it was in like Logan oh. Lucky and, uh, the, what, what was it? What's the, what's the song in Logan Lucky at the end? The, oh, the, it was a, uh, it was a, Country home. Country home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was in like three different movies. It's like just all of yeah. a sudden every, every single <laughs> that, music director yeah. is like, I want the same song. 
that run the jewels song from a couple years ago was yeah. in a bunch of stuff too like book smart and yeah yeah, yeah. west virginia yeah yes. Country home, yeah yeah all the songs <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bo Burnham Inside. A new comedy special shot and performed by Bo Burnham alone over the course of the past year, which, in case you didn't know, was a pandemic year. Uh, so the the special deals a lot with that, a lot with his mental health. And, of course, you've got, uh, along with that, Bo Burnham style of songs and uh comedy to go along with it i'm really curious what you guys think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay andrew's going first this time it's crazy how much i love this yeah high side of loved it yeah uh jonathan i don't know like i I, i've been (laughs) i have been thinking about this for 24 hours there were definitely things i loved about it but i I, I think I'm just gonna have to say okay if I have to give like sure. an honest answer because I really I, I don't know yeah like I just I'm having a hard you. time with this one no I hear you I hear you uh, I am I am with Andrew firmly in the loved it category um, high side of loved it loved it loved it will compete for my favorite movie of the year loved it like wow. it's nice. Yeah, it, you nice. know what it reminds me a lot of? And yeah, I it's number one right now. I, it reminds me a lot of uh, when we talked about. Um, or when I talked about, because I don't think we reviewed it as Sif Pop, but the other, the one man special that was kind of like magic, but also had meaning behind it. Um, the name of it is slipping my brain right now. Uh, the magic, uh, the Rulatista. Um, what yep. did he call that special? Anyhow, some, somebody's in in the comments will eventually get it to me. Anyhow, this reminds me of that. In that, it's like something that isn't a movie per se. But you get to the end of it, and you're like, that's that's so cinematic. It's so interesting. Yes, uh, thank you, Producer Phil. In and of itself was the name of the special oh, that, I'm, that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. I didn't see that one. It reminds me, that because something like this, yeah, it's the Derek uh, Delgadio uh, special in and of itself. It's like this in that you watch it, at least for me, and you go, okay, that's a funny song. Okay, that's a funny song. And then you watch the entirety of it together, come together in a way that you're like, oh, I guess it's actually genius. I guess it's actually a piece of art that I'm going to be thinking about for years. Like, you know, and when any kind of visual media can do that to me, um, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I am going, it's just going to rocket up my list because I love it when I, when I continue to think about something long after uh, I've taken it in, so yeah, I'm on the high side. I love this as well, Andrew. I'll let you uh, kind of continue since, since you know about some of the things that you loved about it. Here's I think because I connected to this so much. If you cut out, uh, as a lot of people who listen to the show know, um, a couple years ago I had to stop doing the show because you know I was going through a lot of emotional and mental issues that I've been very open about on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you cut out all the funny songs in this special and you just, you know, isolate on everything he's just talking about himself and what he's dealing with, that's exactly like 100% how I felt and like what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And it was terrifying. And watching that, I felt like I understood what he was going through. And it was one of those things where like I could also 
make the connection of, you know, me doing this show, you know, and trying to be funny and stuff like that. You know, like he's doing his songs and stuff and try to be funny just to have some sense of normality going in the back of his head. You know, he's going through so much. That was so powerful. Icing on the cake, all the hilarity in these in these songs and stuff. My question to you guys is, is this a comedy special? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a really interesting question. I I asked the same question to myself. Is this a comedy special or is this a movie? Is it a film? It it, it is, is it a, a documentary special and I I think that's or I think it is. Sure. And I think that's I think that's part of my problem. And I might just be way too cynical. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But I believe him. Like I believe this is stuff he was going through. At the same time, I'm sitting here watching this like really well edited, mm-hmm. <laughs> put together. Like you know, he's showing us what he wants <clears throat> to show us, and he's editing in a way where it is, and, and that's fine. It's um, it's it's something that he's presenting to us, right? Right. But it's not like I don't know. It's it's like raw would be like if he just sat in that room for an hour and a half, and we just saw all whatever he did for that hour and a half, right? This is. This is like put together. This yes. is a product. I think what you're talking. Go ahead. I- and I and 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 I don't really. That's what I'm saying. I've been thinking about this because I think that's the part that got me. I will say it. It was triggering. Um. The I the suicide stuff is always hard for me. Um. That's not a negative towards it. It just makes it harder for me to watch it. Uh. Just mm-hmm. because of uh like personal stuff in my life. Um. Uh. But as someone who also uh suffers from anxiety and depression and and you know. And whatnot. I, 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 I get this. I, you know, this, this last couple years has been insane. And uh, for him to put himself out there like that, I totally respect that. But as a comedy special, like the stuff that was supposed to be funny, I laughed maybe half the time. And I think that's where I'm coming down more on the it's sure. okay. Uh, there was great, there was stuff though, like where he's, uh, like I loved his st- jabs at um, uh, like uh, uh, reaction videos. Mm hmm. And uh, live streaming of him playing a video game. I felt personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, what was funny to me was, and I don't watch people playing video games, but it just was so funny to me. He kept saying stuff like, yeah, hey, Devin, yeah, thanks for three months. And he'd go (laughs) back. It was so perfect. Yeah, But the reaction video killed me. Like That was the one thing where I was just like, what is going on here? But yeah, so uh, it got so meta. He and he yes. loves that stuff. I, I will tell you a little yeah. bit of my experience, and, and I do want to address something you said, uh, Jonathan, before before I go into that, because you talked about his performance, and you know there is an element of this that is clearly intentionally scripted, put together to yeah. flow a certain way, to go a certain way. I would go so far as to say, even some of the emotional stuff that happens, he may have done a couple takes on. Like, you know, like there, mm-hmm. like there's like, I don't, that doesn't bother me, but I also know that he has talked in his other specials about don't ever trust me. Don't like, you know, I am performing, I am a performer, you know, like, so for me, that makes it more of a film, right? Because he's, mm-hmm. he's yeah. acting and to yeah. some, some people want it to be a documentary. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is it's, this is not a documentary, this is a movie. This is a film. And to me, it doesn't matter how, quote unquote, real it is. What matters is what I am feeling, 
what I am experiencing and what that means to me. And I don't think there's anything, I think there's a secondary part to this that is about honesty. Is he being honest or dishonest in his acting? I think he's being very honest in his acting, even if he did three takes to get there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's an honesty there. Um, so I, I kind of misunderstood the question. I think no, I agree. This is definitely a movie. I think most comedy specials are, especially yeah, sure. if they're presented that sure. way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, I I will tell you, I my experience with Bo Burnham started with eighth grade. That was the first I had ever experienced Bo Burnham yeah. was writing and directing eighth grade. I thought, who is this amazing new director, first time out that has this level of insight, this level of uh, ability to have his own voice there was such a clear distinct voice in eighth grade uh in that movie that was my first ex- which, experience with him. which is interesting wow. right because he wrote really that about late. an eighth grade girl mm-hmm. like you know so that's yeah. really interesting that sure and uh as uh my daughter's not quite that old but uh that movie definitely affected me mm-hmm. uh in a lot of ways just you know seeing her go through her stuff as she's growing up it was uh it seemed very real to life which is kind of scary but so that is a first experience with somebody that doesn't really tell me a lot about them other than what they show me in that movie. Like, I didn't watch necessarily a lot of interviews with him about that movie. I was just like, you know, who is this director? I think actually he at the Critics' Choice Awards, I actually said hello to him. Uh, I knew who mm-hmm. it was, but I didn't like I had no point of reference for who he who he was as a comedian or those kind of things. After that, I've known him since he was doing YouTube. Like, so this is like where little... I'm going. So this is where I'm going. After that, I uh, next thing I knew him from was this year as an actor now in uh, Promising Young Woman, and mm-hmm. he's incredible in Promising Young Woman. He's so great. Yes, their chemistry is one of my favorite things about that movie. His performance, I think, for many people, defines whether or not they like the movie or not, is whether or not they buy into kind of what's going on with that character and what happens to that character, which is really interesting in that movie. Um, I And I loved him again, and then just was kind of like, oh, I'm excited to see what he directs next, what he acts in next, and then this happens. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there's, you know, I knew he was a comedian, like I'd heard that. And I was like, oh, so he's a song comedian. He writes clever, meta, funny songs. And this weekend, I watched every single one of his specials, including his original Comedy Central uh, Presents uh, 2009, I think, 2010, somewhere in that range, when he was like 17, 18 years old. Oh, yeah. He's been doing this since he was a kid. And then I went back and watched his YouTube videos, watched his, you know, very first YouTube videos. And it was such an incredible journey through, like a reverse journey through the, because I watched them actually yeah. literally in reverse order. I, I literally went backwards in time. And the opposite it was, of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an interesting, like, de, dematurization of him as a human, which that's not a, na- that's not saying something like negative is just saying something normal. When he started, he was 16. He's not going to have the same maturity level and understanding what he did have from the time he was 16 is his intelligence and is his cleverness and his ability to take something uh as well as his willingness to say things you're not supposed to say like like he has this you know in many we'll talk about this but in fact he like his first song in this one is kind of about how his stuff hasn't aged well you know like he addresses it in some ways and says you know um Am I ashamed of these jokes? Uh, you know, when he's talking about call me and I'll tell you a joke and, and all that kind of stuff. I just I was so impressed with this human being's intellect and his wit 
Um, I am now a huge fan of his um, his work, and that of as when you say that about anyone, you can distinguish things. Ah, I wouldn't have done it this way. I wouldn't have said yeah. this thing. Like there's certainly plenty in his old work. Believe me, that I, <laughs> that I look at and I well, go. That's ah. every comic, as we're probably going to talk about. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and it was. So here, <laughs> here's here's the thing. This is, and this is what I love. There is something about experiencing that that makes me a better human being because it allows me to think about things that I, in my normal day-to-day life, just don't come into my brain. It allows me to process free speech in an interesting way. It allows me to process why, why does comedy play on the edges? Why does, you know, and why now are we talking about how comedy can't play on as many edges and thinking about a polarized culture versus a non-polarized culture and that the job of comedy is different in those places. The job of comedy is different now than it was 10 years ago. And to think about like all of those things, have those internal conversations and maybe even external conversations with other friends. And man, when, when somebody can do that, I just, I am in euphoria. I just, I, I love thinking about that stuff. And at the end of the day, that's what Inside did for me is it took me on a journey and is still taking me on a journey kind of thinking about that stuff. And that's before you get to, you know, talking about. Okay, fine. I like it. I'm in like now. I'm <laughs> no. not going to get to love, but I'm in like. No, but, you know, that's that's before. Well, but you said something very important, Jonathan, I think, which is does the comedy work for you? Yeah. And that is that is a valuable conversation to have because I'm going to over prioritize the the cleverness and For somebody sure. else may over-prioritize the comedy. And so, yeah, I think that's a valid conversation. And I, I, I think he's very funny. I had wa- I've been watching. It was crazy. At one point, he says he took five years off, which, was a, which, yeah. was, which sounded insane to me. And I had to go back and look at those Netflix specials because I've watched those so many times. I didn't realize mm-hmm. those were like from 2015 and 2016. Yeah, yeah Make Happy but was he, 2015, yeah. But what yeah. you're talking about, he has a song on one of those called Lower Your Expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, it's it's really funny. And it's all about, you know, like as a guy and as a girl or mm-hmm. as a woman, lowering your expectations yep. when you're looking for the right person. Yes. But then what I love about that is at the end of it, he makes some, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he basically says like, and all of this is coming from a 23-year-old white guy. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's perfect, right? Because he knows how to play that. He We'll talk about this when we talk about the Best Ever Challenge. He, he knows how to play that line, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely gets into some controversial stuff, but like the best comics, he knows how to stay right there and not, you know, veer too far over. Now, he, I mean, there is cringe, just like with any comic, but... I think less with him than most. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched those specials, but from what I remember, well, there's also a great YouTube video. I don't know where this took place, but there's a video where he is in a room with like Gary Shandling and Ray Romano and like just these great top comics and absolutely holding his own with them. Like he's just having a conversation with all these guys. Bill Burr might be there. I can't remember. But if you, if I don't know what that's called, but if you just look up like, you know, Helm and Ray Romano, you'll probably find it. And it's just, if you want to know how good he is in comparison, mm-hmm. that video tells you a ton, you know? So, you know, he's a very talented man. He's he's so incredibly talented. The thing that spoke the, the most to me about his own gifts <clears throat> in his specials, which again, I just watched them all last couple mm-hmm. days. 
Uh, he does this right brain, left brain conversation in one of his specials. And it mm-hmm. is so true to how like I interact with myself. Like there's this very logical, systematic part of, you know, my brain that wants to do everything like that. And that has to find peace with this artistic, creative, want to be crazy, you know, side of my brain as well, performative side of my brain. And I really identified a lot with that. And the way he envisioned it and performed it was so smart. I had one, I had one of those experiences I have when I'm like playing a, like a, a mobile game or something, and then I watch a YouTube video of somebody who's really good at it, where I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a speed run or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I was just like, I'm watching Bill Burnham. I guess, well, I guess I have nothing more to say. He's he's doing yeah. it, you know. Like I'm good. Like yeah. you know. So uh, so yeah, Bill Burnham almost canceled Sif Pop. Uh, so but uh, but I decided yeah. to come on this week anyway. Um, yeah. So, and then you put on an episode of According to Jim, and you're like, "No, I can be funny. <laughs> I can totally." That's right. Be funny. That's right. It's all. It's all balanced. It's all balanced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andrew, what what other thoughts do you have about this special? We haven't heard from you in a second. Uh, white woman Instagram. Oh my goodness, that song! <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be my favorite song of the whole special. Yeah, it because it's the most. It's the most like dedicated to being part of a comedy special or everything else. I think. Mm-hmm ties into the isolation the whole actually i'm gonna i'm gonna tan like traverse off onto something else because i never do that you know um Mm -hmm. there's a moment where it's near the end of this uh this whole thing i'm not gonna get into too many details because i want people to see it for itself but there's a moment where he's like going through all of this and he's pretending that he's talking to like a real, you know, audience, like a, like a, you know, a real crowd. And he has a laugh track going and everything. And he's actually starts going off on a, on a bit. Like he's telling an actual joke bit that in any other context would actually be kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But because of the way he kind of led into that whole section, it was so depressing Mm-hmm. Whenever he started telling that uh, that this bit, which I don't want to get into, but I remember, like you know, when in the laugh track in the background, really hit home, like how much, like it was haunting. I think it it was haunting because I think it mm-hmm. really, you know, comedy. A lot of comics talk about how pain and misery and stuff is really what helps them, you know, with you know making jokes and stuff like that. And that behind the curtain shot was the most like brilliant way to visualize that for us audience what's really going through a comic's head sometimes, and it it just blew my mind. But going back to like women Instagram, that that was part of, that was the part of the special I thought was the most you could say was dedicated to you know actually just being funny. You know, and actually mm-hmm. making yeah. you feel good, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm okay watching this right now. A lot of other stuff, uh, it had a darker undertones to it. But, yeah. Uh, I, the other thing, the white woman Instagram uh, is kind of the epitome of. For another thing, I loved about this special, this movie, this film, whatever, is just what an incredible artist he is as a director and as a shot selector, and you know, lighting and like. That video alone, or that <laughs> section alone, he has probably a hundred different setups. Uh, yeah. Visually, mm-hmm. I mean, he's using technology, you know, that projects stuff on the wall. 
using colors. You know, some of the video is showing him setting up stuff and doing stuff like yeah. that. And I just like so much respect for his gift just as a visual storyteller um, through this as well. So, yeah. This I'm very much curious. reminds me of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm also curious. He makes a comment about how, like, he talks about if I stop, if this ends, like, if I'm done, you know, then what am I going to do? And mm -hmm. I wonder, I, I feel like there probably was a lot of truth in that, but I wonder if that had something to do with, like, he just shot so much footage just because he was determined just to keep going, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to have something, you know, something well, to do every day. And it's clear by the special itself that he's editing while he's doing it because he's including stuff. Yeah. of his editing yeah. in the edit. So you like you know that like he's editing as he goes. You know, you mentioned yeah. that what 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 do I do when I'm done thing and it made me realize uh the Make Happy, I think it's the Make Happy special in 2015 ends Yeah, his the one before this, I think. Ends in that room. It? it ends in that room oh, yeah. with him I playing a right. song and then walking out and greeting uh, a woman and child. And at the time I didn't know if that was a commentary like if that's his life partner and their child or if that was just like a you know, uh, like actors and that he was making a point about, you know, stuff that's important and stuff that's not important because that's kind of what the song was about. Like he's just, yeah. so like this, this meta brilliance, like has been his thing from the beginning. It's just, this gave him more opportunity, I think, to really live in it and, and be more vulnerable with it, uh, in that way so yeah he needs to he needs to get better at wire placement though there were just there were cords <laughs> there were cords just going everywhere so it was, I it laughed, was driving me nuts i laughed so hard when he when he knocked over the camera uh and it, it just for whatever because i've been there i've been there yeah yeah um, yeah in many of those cases like you know uh when i would record youtube videos for reviews and those kind of things um, I just, the feeling of, is the picture right? How's the framing? How's it mm -hmm. look? How's the lighting? Like, man, I've been there. And then I thought like, would it bother you if you knew that that was acting? Like if he set that cord up to knock that camera over and then pretend like he almost, you know, busted his camera or whatever. And that's when I started thinking about the whole performance aspect and what makes it yeah. valuable and what makes it real, which is something he talks about in the special. And I'm just like, it's yeah. so yeah. deep and layered in like, I just, anyhow, I just, I, I really love this special. It, this special made me think he is becoming more Charlie Kaufman than I thought he actually was sure. ever going to yeah, become. Sure, there's a little bit of that, sure. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of Charlie Kaufman in this one. Not Andy Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> well, maybe a little. I hope Andy he's happy Kaufman though. Well, maybe I, a little I, bit. Actually, maybe a little bit of Andy Kaufman too. Yeah, so. I hope he's able to get back out and actually, you know, do some shows and stuff though. Which he said he was ready to do. That was like, I mean, I kind of saw that coming when he started talking about it. But uh, he obviously was going to do that at the beginning of 2020, and then all this happened. Uh, so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it is somebody else who who watched it. Um, said to me i just kept thinking about robin williams and yep. there is mm. there is a sadness to a lot of genius like this when you start to think of how many performative geniuses who have struggled so much with that right brain left brain battle and with performing and wanting applause and and those kind of things and i'm with you uh jonathan i, I really do hope he's okay at the yeah. end of the day and now, I, I hope he is robin Robin Williams, I mean Robin Williams obviously had a lot of had a lot, but he actually had a physical 
issue, sure. right? Like sure. he was sick. Like he had a disease. Uh, I, I have at not the time. studied it, so I hesitate to yeah. say. But I do remember I know hearing uh, his hearing daughter that. or his wife or somebody came out and said that I can't remember what it was. So yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought it up because well, I can't. Well, and talk, up, but. talk about uh, Andy Kaufman. Jim Carrey's another one yeah. who I think about who, you know, has yeah. this performative gene that is just like, I'm going to, you know, be manic and crazy and, you know, do amazing, uh, clever stuff and then has to figure out who he really is as a human being. And he's gone through like a huge philosophical thing over the last decade or so and yeah. trying to figure that stuff out. And the Kaufman experience was kind of a, a turning point for him. Yeah. Um, it was a catalyst. Yeah. So, yeah. It's. I. I don't know. I. I'm with you, John. I. I hope he's. He's doing okay. And I hope. I hope enough of this was performative that he's doing even better than it appears he's doing in this. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. You kind of. You kind of do hope a lot of it mm-hmm. is an act, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. what. You, that's what you or want at least it to turned be, up, right? Turned up a little bit. At yeah. the same time. That's not to say there's any disrespect if it's not, if that's, you know, like the vulnerability is there either way. That's not a diss either way. Um, It's just for his own mental health. I hope it is dialed up a little bit. Yeah. And for me, I'm not too far off, oddly enough, from where you guys are. I think just for me, like I said, technically, like some of the comedy just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That sexting song was a great (laughs) example of something. While I can respect like the lyric wordplay and stuff. Yeah. I, it just didn't hit me for whatever reason. Um, and then also just my own personal stuff. Like I just, it was hard for me to watch parts of it. And yeah. that does factor sure. in, I think sure. to Absolutely. your overall, your overall view of it. But I can also There's see a trigger Andrew's warning. perspective uh, where that was, you know, it's also kind of comforting in a way it's, you know, you're not alone. And uh, just seeing somebody getting something like that out there, uh, just in the same way, which, uh, by the way, Andrew, I totally, I've listened to a lot of what you've had to say over the years, and uh, I admire the hell out of you for that, by the way. Um, oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, so that's just kind of where I'm at with it. That's why I kind of lean more in the like, okay, but no, I totally get it. I think this is going to be a, a great experience for a lot of people. It's very yeah. unique. Yeah. Um. So it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good place to move on. I will say, you know, it's amazing. I talked about this whole thing and my love of Bo Burnham and never once mentioned that he may be the most incredible uh, wordplay person I've ever seen. Like his, his wordplay is God level. Like it's He's up there with like Weird Al, right? Yeah. I mean, totally. Like it's, I, I think he's beyond Weird Al. I, I, I think so too. I mean, but. And I mean, I know Weird Al's a little broader, but Weird Al is very good with... Mm -hmm. Yes, wordplay and those uh, kind of things, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, All right, let's uh, move into the Best Ever Challenge. Before we do, though, however, I do want to talk about uh, our Sif Pop members and thank them personally for being such uh, incredible people and supporting what goes on here. We actually have three new members uh, since last week. A huge thank you to Drew to Jacob and to Randy, uh, all joining at $5 a month. Um, That $5 a month level is the bonus podcast level. So when you hear us talk about, hey, we recorded a bonus podcast this week. By the way, this week, uh, Andrew talked about his thoughts on Cruella since he wasn't here last week. And we also discussed our movies back and what does that mean? Uh, If you want to hear that conversation, that's the $5 level and above at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Also, no commercials uh, in your own personal podcast feed as a Sif Pop member. Uh, and then there's some other fun stuff. I was actually this week is our first, uh, we call them family meetings. It's our first family meeting 
uh, in a long time, and we're reinstating those for the $10 a month level and up. Uh, so uh, excited to hang out with you guys and uh, chat whatever uh, this week during the family meeting. So if you're interested in finding all that stuff out, it's all at patreon.com slash siftpop. And thank you for even considering it. And uh, thank you to those who have uh, pulled the trigger and uh, have joined us as members. We appreciate you. So is it an actual family meeting? Like you like bite? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you yeah. bring up like really embarrassing stuff. And you know, it's funny. It comes from uh, <laughs> the the tier is called like the Sif Pop family, I think, mm-hmm. because as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Originally, you may not know this. Uh, this is a little bit of history. Sif Pop was your movie friend, uh, which was my like personal reviews yeah. and those kind of thing. And, and yourmoviefriend.com now goes to sifpop.com. So the tiers were like, you know friend family confidant like you know that kind of uh thing and so yeah yeah the family meetings came from the family tier very cool yeah uh all right best ever challenge this week we're doing best ever stand-up specials i will say obviously this is a huge category and for me not one that i have really seen uh you know a lot of the ones that a lot of people would talk about so i thought we'll probably maybe Maybe have some different ones uh, this week, um, but if you do have something higher than somebody else has it, feel free to trump it, and we'll talk about it uh, when it is your turn. It was it was hard not to cheat on this and be like, I have three ties for four because they all go <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> I'm sure we'll each have a couple I honorable didn't. mentions at the yeah. end, but we'll start with number five. Uh, work Aaron, our way why don't you up. Go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. I'm really curious what yours are. I have to be honest. Okay. This is the most recent one uh, for me at number five. I just fell in love with this comedian, and I, I really do enjoy his stuff. He's from your neck of the woods, Jonathan. Uh, I have Nate Bargatze's Tennessee Kid. Oh, uh, love as, Nate Bargatze. Uh, as my number five. Yeah. Uh, I remember he kind of had his moment, at least in my life, about a year ago, and uh, I think it was during the pandemic people were starting to pick up on some of his older stuff, and then the Tennessee Kid uh, was that one, where it was like, oh, okay, who is this guy? He's so hilarious. Like, I just, I, it was one of those moments where I just, I was just laughing for an entire, you know, 
60, 90 minutes, whatever it is. And I just had so much fun. And he mentions a couple stories in this special from his previous Netflix special, which was only like a half hour one. It was like in their, you know, series or whatever. And so I had to go back and watch those and then everything was even better. And then since then, he's released another special post pandemic, well, I say post pandemic, during pandemic uh, that, you know, was took place outside, I think, at Universal Studios and was also really, really funny. So love Nate Bargatze. This is his favorite for me, uh, or this is my favorite of him. And so the Tennessee Kid is my number five. I've, I've got to watch this. He was on, though, that Netflix special you're talking about. Wasn't it like there was like episodes? It was like yes. five different comics. Yes. That's the first time I saw him and uh, found out he was from here. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's hilarious, man. Yeah, he's, he's great. great. Andrew, what do you got at number five? I'm going to go with the top part. It's the 2006 John Mulaney or 2009 John Mulaney special. Nice. Uh, this was, I think, one of his first actual like stand-up specials. And... It's easily my favorite because while I love every single one of John Mulaney's stand-up specials, this is the most that's, I guess you could say, accessible. Because I think as he's progressed as a comedian, a lot of his uh, comedy has been referential, especially around New York City. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. this is more a personal look at things and... There's a there's a bit in here called the Salt and Pepper Diner where him and his friend play uh, What's New Pussycat, the Tom Jones song, mm-hmm. on a jukebox seven times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> they just went into a like a little diner and they just put in five dollars worth of quarters and stuff into a jukebox and just over and over again they just played uh, <laughs> What's New Pussycat just to watch how everybody in the diner would react and uh, <laughs> it's one of the funniest bits. Ever. It's great. Uh, did you have any mo- uh, John Mulaney on your list, Jonathan? I, I don't. I, and this is what you were talking about. This is such a wide-ranging yeah. subject. I forgot about John Mulaney. <laughs> so I, had, I love John Mulaney, though. In my honorable mentions, I had Kid Gorgeous. Uh, and That's probably my favorite. They're all great. They're, they're, they're all great. I, is that the Horse in the Hospital one? Is Kid Gorgeous the Horse in the Hospital one, or is that more recent mm. than that? I can't remember, but... Kid Gorgeous is his newest, or uh, Horse in the Hospital is from his newest one, so I don't right. know what... Yeah. Uh, I just, I love Mulaney, and, and Kid Gorgeous was the one I remember thinking uh, I saw of him first, so I had that in my honorable mentions, but... Yeah. Uh, what do you got at number five, Jonathan? Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know if it's a cheat, because it is multiple comics, but it's a, it's a movie. It's uh, it's the original Kings of Comedy, sure, which was uh, Spike Lee uh, directed... Uh, well, he shot one of the shows. This was a tour that uh, Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey... Uh, D.L. Hughley and Cedric the Entertainer did back around this time period, mm-hmm. I guess late 90s, early aughts. Um, uh, Bernie Mac, another comic we lost way too early. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, cancer, I believe. I can't I, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, he he died a few years ago and it was mm-hmm. sad. Uh, but anyways, um, this is just one I've rewatched several, several times. Um, I, I actually almost had an opportunity to see them. They actually came through Nashville, uh, and I, uh, I was not able to go. I think I was out of town or something. And I'm, I'm always, especially since Bernie Mac's no longer with us. I'm, that's one of those, I wish I had been there kind of moments, you know, but this is, I believe all of this is one show. It's in Charlotte. Um, I think they switched off occasionally, but Steve Harvey is the MC of this one where he's doing the in-between parts and introducing everybody. 
and he's amazing. Like maybe the best MC ever in a comedy show. Uh, if you've ever been to one, um, he's got the the Ray Carruth bit and uh, the the church fund bit, and then does some great audience interaction. Uh, Cedric and Deal Hughley are very very funny. I mean, they're obviously very professional guys. Are really you know kind of in their prime at this point. Uh, the 20, 25 minutes of Bernie Mac though is just one of the from start to finish, just one of the most amazing sets yeah. I've ever seen. Um, he just, it's just uh, the Bernie Mac show for those of you who remember where it was about him and his wife took in, I believe it's his sister's kids. Uh, that was something that he did in real life. And this set is all about him taking those kids in and how that has changed his life. Probably the, uh, one of the memorable things from that though, some people may know is I want my milk and cookies. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's so funny. If for some reason, you, if you haven't seen this, um, I'm it's sure it's easily available. Um, and like I said, Spike Lee directed it, which is really cool. Uh, Spike Lee apparently is very good at this with these live shows. He did uh, the Dave Burns, uh, David Byrne thing from this past uh, year. America. Utopia. America Utopia. Yeah, it's really uh, good. He Yeah, very good. So Lee, Lee clearly has a talent for, for doing these, although he's got geniuses, you know, just doing what they're doing. But yeah, uh, yeah this has always been a favorite of mine. So I, did, I didn't know how not to put it on the list somewhere. Nice. Uh, yeah, you mentioned where to watch stuff. I, I haven't done a great job this episode. I've been trying to do better, but I will tell you just to kind of go back in time just a second. Uh, Bo Burnham Inside <laughs> is on Netflix. I don't know if we specifically said that. Uh, Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It is in theaters and on HBO Max uh, if you want to see that. Also, Bo Burnham's previous comedy special, uh, previous two, are on Netflix as well, which is uh, Make Happy and What. And then the two before that are on Paramount+. Plus. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, in case you're looking for those. Well, an original Kings of Comedy is Prime Video, Paramount+, Plus, and Pluto TV. So oh, there there's actually there multiple ways to check that baby out. Um, All mine are CDs. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you seen Original Kings of Comedy? I actually have. I know. I, I really, really need to. I really, I really need to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, Aaron, it, it, it is Kid Gorgeous at Radio City Hall. Okay. For yeah. the uh, the John Mulaney, which is also the uh, JJ Bittenbinder Street Smarts ep- uh, stand-up right. special, yes. too. Yeah. Street Smarts! Uh, my number four... Number four is uh Berbiglia. Mike Berbiglia, the new one, um, is my favorite of his, uh, which I think is two comedy specials ago. Um, I really like mm. Berbiglia. I like how he plays yeah. with the form. This one especially does some really... He's, he's a comedian because he makes you laugh, but he's also kind of almost more a storyteller than a comedian, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, he's very much about taking you on a journey, telling you a story. He does some really interesting things in this one with the form, props, different things that you might not be expecting. Um, but it's just funny story observation after funny story observation, and it all just flows to a beautiful point, a beautiful message about humanity, what it means to be human. I really like Burbigs, and this is my favorite of his. So, uh, yeah, it's called The New One. It is on Netflix. I don't know that I've seen one of his stand-up specials. I've oh, seen so I've seen good. his films, the the films yeah. that he's been involved sure. with. I've watched, but uh, yeah, the new yeah. one is really good. I would also recommend uh, my secret public journal and to drink Mike. I think are my two favorite. Yeah, yeah. I love Burt Bigley. I'm gonna he's be so watching funny. some stand-up tonight, man. Yeah, some man. Stand-up Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Uh, oh, no, hey, that's a good night spent. Number four, Andrew. Uh, number four, I have the 2006 
These are jokes by Dimitri Martin. Yes. Oh, Dimitri Martin. That, I forgot about him too. I had that in my honorable mention as well. Although I think I had the overthinker uh, of his the, oh, that I like the most. So yeah, yeah. he's amazing. What I'm no- <coughs> sorry. What I'm noticing about my list as I go up, it, I'm realizing that every single one of these comics that I've listed is completely different from any other on the list. And I think it's like I picked the top you know, ver- genre of each, like subgenre mm. of each of their stand-up. So I think Dimitri Martin, like this one for me is like the best dry humor, oh which I God, think he, he's so good. He is the master when it comes to dry humor. And he also is insanely talented because he will play multiple instruments at the same time while telling these jokes. Like, uh, I think mm-hmm. this one here, uh, these are jokes is the one where he has like a, Will Forte and a couple other people come up on stage to like help him like do songs and stuff. And he, if I think if uh, uh, Mitch Hedberg wasn't really into drugs, you know, I think that he would very much be like an earlier Dimitri Martin, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're just both very, very dry. Not saying that I don't love Mitch Hedberg because I think he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. Might be more to come on him later. It's possible. It's quite possible. It is quite quite possible. possible. We're going to get some more of Mitch Hedberg. (laughs) All right. Uh, So now it is... Jonathan's number four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, uh, Bernie Mac died in 2008. Complications of pneumonia is is how he unfortunately passed away. Didn't he pass away like right before Transformers came out? Like that was the last movie he did Yeah, it was was 2008. So yeah, that would have been, I think, right before it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so my number 4 though is uh the, the far and away the most current one. This is a 2020 special. Um and this is uh Taylor Tomlinson um nice. who is just I I yeah, I can't remember cuz I think I saw her like on Conan or something randomly, which is weird cuz I don't watch a lot of talk shows, but I think I just randomly saw her and I was like, god, she is just she just struck me immediately. And mm-hmm. uh, and this is, I believe, her only special. Uh, she's very young. She's, uh, I think, even younger than Burnham. She's, I believe, 27. I looked it up, which is interesting because she's like, you know, 20 years younger than me almost. And um, oh, I find goodness. her. I'm just I'm what? just remembering the turning 30 yeah. moment from yeah. uh, from the Burnham yeah. special. <laughs> oh, that's right. So she is, she is younger than him. Um, yeah. But uh, but even though she there's a 20 year age gap, like she's so relatable. Like it's very. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just like she's very relatable in that way. And um, she just has a delivery that I, is very unique uh, from what I've heard. I'm sure s- serious stand-up comic experts will probably be like, well, she actually takes after blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's just a very interesting delivery. And I, I don't know. Out of current comics, um, I she has probably the best timing, uh, in my opinion. Just the way she just nails a joke. Um, is just so awesome. And um, she also has, uh, this is, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know, this just kills me every time, but she has the line, love is blind, but lust is Helen Keller. Um, and uh, <laughs> and it's, so if you find that funny, you will love Taylor yes. Tomlinson. No, she's, she's okay, great. I'm definitely, she's, is it a yeah. Netflix special? Or? It is, it is. It's called okay. Quarter Life Crisis. Quarter as far Life as I Crisis. know, it's her only special. There are, you can see okay. her like on YouTube. She's done a lot of talk show appearances <laughs> and stuff. But uh, yeah, she's just That so is a funny. brilliant line. I that is a brilliant that. line. That oh, is really I, yeah, smart. I can't. 
Really smart. Oh, genius. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, my number three. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I have Hannah Gatsby uh, here at number three nice. with Nanette. Um, man, Nanette kind of destroyed me. Uh, it was, it, I laughed a lot, but the you talk about vulnerability. Uh, the vulnerability that they're going through in this is just, I just, I was, I was really amazed at the deconstruction of comedy that's going on here where, where there's this element of, I hate comedy because of this. And yet I'm standing up here doing comedy and trying to undermine this at the same time as do it. There's a lot of that actually in the uh, Bo Burnham special, you know, where it's like, yeah. I, there's a hypocrisy to what I'm doing, especially based on what I'm saying um and man i just this was one of those first comedy specials where i was like oh you can do this and yeah. uh and so yeah i'd highly recommend uh hannah gatsby in the net nice this was an honorable mention for me i i it's it's brilliant it really is brilliant uh andrew number three i've also noticed that my list as it gets uh further down and closer to number one these specials get progressively older so ah. uh, yeah. Uh, coming in at 2004, I Walked on the Moon by Brian Regan. Ah, yes, Mr. Regan. Oh, my goodness. I just love Brian Regan so much, and I think this is the epitome of like perfection. That whole mm-hmm. bit of I Walked on the Moon, the me monster. I think this is also the Pop-Tart special, mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, how complicated it is. Like, why do you need instructions on a Pop-Tart package mm-hmm. to like how to cook a pop tart you should just say step one toast the pop tart <laughs> go ahead toast it you still reading this <laughs> i th- because he is one of those energetic comedians you know he like he brings a lot of you know passion and everything t- mm-hmm. to what he does but also i think that of out of every single comic on the planet nobody has better timing for a joke than Brian Regan. Mm. I think his timing is insane. It's it's unmatched. It really is. He knows exactly how and when and what tone and pitch to say every single word to make a joke land exactly like it needs to. He is the master. Is this the special that has the naming of the walkie-talkies? Uh, in it, that's one yes. of his jokes that I always... <laughs> whammy, I always the whammy kablam <laughs> and the Rudy Tootie aim and shooty. <laughs> The I can't tell him kind of late. Uh, I don't yeah. know why he always. I I don't. I can't explain what it was, but he never really attracted me. Like I just never wanted to watch one of his mm-hmm. specials. But then Patton Oswalt uh, oh, on one Patton. of yeah Patton on one of his specials, which almost made my list too. Uh, I can't remember the exact title. Werewolves is in the title though. I know that, but um, mm. he talks about like the comics that inspire him and. Regan was one of the ones he mentioned. And so mm. I immediately went out and I was like, oh yeah, I can't believe I've missed this guy. Like this, this, he's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you on the timing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. So good. good choice. Uh, That's my jo- number three. Or, Jonathan, what's your yeah, number three? three? Uh, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Mitch Hedberg now. Um, hey. So this was a, this was the only special of his. I, I, I think may even exist because he died. I think you're right. Very young. And, and yeah. instead of saying Trump, I will just tell you I have this at number two. So it's the next thing we're going to talk about. He has anyways. two specials, but I'm I'm talking about his Comedy Central. Yeah, me too. From I'm talking about three. Yes, yeah. that's the one I'm talking about as well. He does Which one is two? that? Okay. Two thousand three. 
Uh, he has, oh, then there's another one that you guys may not okay. know about. He has, uh, one is called Mitch Altogether, and okay. then the other one's called Strategic Grill Locations. Well, oh, uh, okay. No, but those aren't, those aren't, those are recordings, right? Those aren't, he didn't do like video specials of those, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, oh, wow. I know, I, I know I for, know uh, I know for, um, uh, what is it? Oh, maybe he didn't do for one of them. Maybe like one of the titles is actually the Comedy Central special that mm-hmm. I just have I know by a, a different name. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, regardless, and, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. no, you're fine. Uh, Mitch Hedberg is also I will say he's the comic I've seen the most live. I think I got to see him like three or four. Oh, times. I think I saw so him three cool. times. Yeah, that's oh uh, lucky. And it's, he's my wife's probably probably her favorite comic actually or was. Um, he might be like mine. I said, lo- <clears throat> lost way too young. What yeah. uh, died yeah. of a drug overdose. Um, and, um, but yeah, this special is amazing. I'm and not, also, I'm not laughing that he died. I'm just remembering oh, no. jokes. I got to It's like, you just start remembering all these <laughs> jokes and his delivery is so great. It's we, so unique. We saw him in, in, uh, in Nashville and he just said this one random thing that this isn't part of this special, but it was just one of the most amazing things because it was just so off guard. He just caught us off guard with it. He's like, by the way, he's like, I'm really excited about this show ending because I've got a pack of lightsabers in my pocket and Apple and like something Apple is next. <laughs> something like that. It was just so, <clears throat> yeah, he had this like, I guess he's a stoner comic, but like it's, he's Stephen he's Wright. Smart. Yeah. Stephen Wright would probably be like the closest mm-hmm. yes. like comparison. And Dimitri Martin. Yeah. yeah. And Dimitri Martin. But he's very different than Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright to me was a lot more, Stephen Wright's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Wright had yeah. some really funny stuff, but he's a little more broad. Yes. Uh, kind of like we were talking about Weird Al versus Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Hedberg just, it's it just feels more relatable. I don't know what it is. And you can actually go on YouTube and see the uncut uh, uh, act of this Comedy Central special, which is amazing because I can't remember what they showed on Comedy Central, but like at the end of it, the audience is not really that into it or they're right. kind of, it's a little off, mm-hmm. but then he nails a joke at the end. And so then he decides to restart mm-hmm. the set. And it is just one of the most, like, just most, it, it's just such a real moment mm-hmm. that you just don't, you know, you don't always see in these things. And for that, it's always stood out as one of my favorite uh, specials. It's so Here's great. Here's the thing. I, Hedberg is so great. Sour apple was the flavor. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh, was not afraid to tell a bad joke. No. He wasn't afraid if a joke didn't land. You yeah. know, he would laugh it off and he would just move right on. And that was something in his specials, you know, he never cut him out. Like no. if a joke didn't land, he was like, nah, mm-hmm. it's fine. And then, and then the next thing would be the funniest thing you'd ever heard. Like, I just remember he walked out. I don't remember which special. It might be this one. He just walked out and he goes, dogs are forever in the push-up position. And it <laughs> killed me. I remember laughing for hours after he said dogs are forever in the push-up position the right, the I mean, one my wife and i always quote is the double tree hotel thing where they're like having the meeting I know there and the are one guy's like involved. yeah he's like he's like one he's like uh he's like tree hotel no that's terrible no double tree hotel hell yeah <laughs> meeting hell yeah meeting I was I was holding that for quadruple tree. <laughs> we were almost there. Rice are wonderful for when you're hungry and you want a thousand of something. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything else to say, Aaron? Though I didn't want to take all your I, just other than just week. repeating Mitch Hedberg jokes for the next half yeah. hour. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Go around. There is no door yeah. on my side. It, I don't know yeah. if you have a doorknob over there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but there is, and there, but the, like, not a lot of comics do this anymore, right? Just tell joke after joke, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like you know that straight. And it, and he was just the master at it. Oh, like, he was so I, good. Yeah. That whole club yeah. sandwich routine, like, I just like, yeah. just he's so great. <laughs> you want to start a club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he. I think he is my favorite uh, favorite comedian. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. I would if, if you had given me thirty guesses on who your favorite comedian is, I never would. No, have said I would Mitch never have picked yeah. Mitch Hedberg for you. Yeah, honestly, I would have picked something like Brian Regan. Yeah, to be no, your Regan's great. I, yeah. I, I love Regan, but uh, there's just something about great, clever joke construction that it's you know <laughs> it's always going to be. Well, that does great. make sense now that I think about it. Like that is more your style, yeah. so that does yeah. actually make sense. I so yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so I think that brings us to your number two, Andrew. Yep, this is where I have the 2000 special, Killing Them Softly, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, oh, that was in my so honorable good. mentions. Yeah. Um, this was my introduction to Dave Chappelle, um, even before, uh, I don't know when Chappelle show started, but I remember going over to my friend Maddox's house, and he said, I got this new CD of this guy you're going to love. I made you a copy because that's how we, you know, transmitted data and entertainment back then. You made copies of CDs. Um, And I remember listening to it, and I'm like, who is this guy? He is destroying, like, the... Yes, his jokes are funny. I mean, funny is an understatement, I should say. But the, the way the audience reacted to his jokes was so infectious to you as a listener that you just got immersed. Like, I want to be at this club that he is performing <laughs> at right now. It looks like I can feel the love and just the excitement of everybody in the audience right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the one where he uh, buys weed from a baby. I think this is the special where he talks about... That sounds right. Going, going to the projects and buying weed from a baby. One of the funniest bits ever. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, Jonathan, I mean, what do you it's, got? it's Dave Chappelle. What what can I say that everybody else on the planet hasn't said already? No, it's it's great. And he's I, still I killing it. Special he's still well. killing yeah. it. Oh, he's still killing it. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. he the goat? Is he the goat? Boy, man, we don't I mean, want to have that. There. I mean, if we want to have the show okay. last another hour, we could have this conversation. Okay. Is but... he on is he on the Rushmore? Yeah. I I, I don't know. Probably, but this, again, this is, is a very deep it's, conversation. It's a tough. Com- well, it's a tough conversation because you're comparing, like, comparing older comics to. I mean, because it's like, where do you put somebody like Don Rickles? You know, like or Bob Newhart or yeah, Lenny Bruce yeah. or yeah, Eddie Bruce, yeah. Yeah, Le- so. what I said, Eddie Bruce. I don't know. <laughs> Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Bruce. He went by. Eddie it was Lenny. It was well. Lenny's brother. He was almost just as funny as as almost, Lenny. Almost, <laughs> almost. Uh, Jonathan, yeah. what do you got at number two? Um, so uh, this is from 1996, and uh, it's George Carlin uh, back in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was yeah. actually his ninth HBO special when I went in and did research. <sighs> I think a lot of people with Carlin would have picked Carnegie Hall, but this was like I turned like this was the year I turned 20. So this was like I didn't really get Carlin as a kid, you know, because mm-hmm. he's definitely more. <laughs> I don't uh, think you're supposed to. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, right. <laughs> so this was really the first time I watched his new special and was just like, I'm with you. You know, mm-hmm. like I totally get it. And Carlin just, I mean, it's he's basic. it's almost like a pulpit kind of thing, right? He's mm-hmm. up there yes. just giving his opinions on things. Yes. But he's also making these amazing jokes. He, I mean, this opens with like 15 minutes about abortion. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into capital punishment. 
And it is both hilarious and super informative. Like he's saying the things that like, I wish I could say, right. You know, he preaches. But if I said it, it would be offensive or it would come right. off. Cause I wouldn't word it the way he would. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this was the one of his that like, I just watched the most because this was really the first time I really felt like I got it. But I, he's definitely up there in that conversation. Oh, yeah. Carlin's uh, on the Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, but a very different type of comedian than I think the ones we've discussed. And it not mm-hmm. really a comedian that exists anymore. I mean, Dennis Miller, uh, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he was in this kind of probably vein. Um, you know, people like I that. You don't really Miller. get this. Huh? I never got into Miller. I, no, I never either. liked his face. Well, and it's just, he <laughs> no, always, I felt like he was just using big words to use big words. Like, I'm smarter than you. It was that kind That's of That's exactly mm-hmm. it. He wanted to and make think, you feel lesser than yeah. in, his, in his specials. And then when you get older, you start thinking about the words he's using. Like, I don't think you did that correctly. Whole other conversation. But I'm just, <laughs> but, but, this, but just that type of comic, like that kind of like just hot topic where it was almost like you were getting a lecture. Like, I just, mm-hmm. that doesn't really exist anymore. And it probably shouldn't. I mean, Things evolve for reasons, but uh, going back and watching him, it feels just as fresh as it did then. It's it's uh, it's such a great hour to spend uh, uh, if you're interested. So yeah, George Carlin back in town. Nice. Uh, nice. Time for our number ones. Um, yep. My what number one is probably the most impressed I've been with a comedian uh, in the history of watching stand-up uh, specials until. That would make sense. Um, until Bo Burnham uh, inside. <laughs> until the last two days. Until <laughs> would, the last two days. Would, okay, here's a, here's a question, Aaron. Before you get into it, just real quick, would inside make this top five list for you? Yes. Yes. Currently, yeah. and maybe that's a little recency bias. Uh, it, yeah. it probably, it would be in that number three spot probably for me. I can't see it uh, upending Mitch Hedberg or this one yet. Uh, but who knows in time, you know, it may continue to, to live with me. This one has mm-hmm. lived with me. Is it me. Carrot Top? It's, it's Carrot, carrot Top. top isn't it? Uh, it is Carrot nice. Top. No, it is uh, <laughs> James. It is James A. Caster, uh, his repertoire series. Uh, you can check this out on Netflix. I don't think I've heard of this. Person. I am... is he is he the is he the kid with the uh, the whiteboard? In, oh wait, or the, I... uh, the PowerPoint and stuff like that. He does. He does use some some whiteboard okay. and some different things. I recognize. I do recognize him. I just. I guess I didn't know his name. I see the picture now. So James A. Caster did a series of four specials called Repertoire. They're basically like four episodes of the same special, but they're with four different audiences. Uh, they are called Recognize, Represent, Reset, and Recap, and. I will just say this. This is one of those uh, comedy specials where I actually have to be careful of spoilers. So that's interesting um, because the way that he programs these four specials is so brilliant. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I laughed a lot through these specials. Um, I think his observation and his wit is hilarious. I believe – I know he's from the UK somewhere. I believe – England, although I could be wrong about that. It could actually be, um, you know, Wales as far as I know. But uh, I have difficulty with accents sometimes. But um, but he is, he is brilliant in this. I would just recommend, if you want to laugh, put on Recognize, watch it. I think that's enough that you'll want to watch the other three. And if you do, you will get to the end of Recap and you will have your mind blown. At least I did. 
At least I did. So um, I'm checking this out. So there you go. Recognize it's on Netflix. It, it looks is on like. Netflix. Yep, all four on Netflix. Recognize, represent, reset, and recap. I, it came out uh, about three years ago, a little over three years ago. Wow. So, it's, so it's, are they are they each an hour or? I don't. Re- I remember them being somewhere in the yeah somewhere in that range, like forty minutes. So it's know? like four episodes, basically. Yeah, it's Very like four cool. episodes of a TV show. Um, if you want to look at it, uh, lengthwise. I'm check that out. So yeah, that's my favorite uh, comedy special of all time. Mm. Um, what about you, Andrew? <laughs> I know Phil's laughing oh, right now. It's Carrot Top, isn't it? <laughs> I am going to get... This is going to end up being an insanely long discussion. I'm just warning you guys right oh, now. Oh, okay. This All has right. been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, this is great. My number one funniest stand-up I have ever seen in my entire life is the 1983 himself by bill cosby yeah you know i have it in my honorable mentions we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it like i there is there is ability to be uh grown up enough to put things in their proper context and yeah. you know there's certainly a lot of baggage that comes with a bill cosby conversation that we don't have to get on into that is not our responsibility um i get you know what we're talking about here is you know, the context with which we saw something the first time we saw it. Now, if I watched it now, maybe that baggage has an impact on my enjoyment of it. Um, but when mm-hmm. I watched it then, I am 100% with you. Yes. It is hilarious. And he changed the form. He really did. Like his conversational style was, you know, ground check. I'm sorry. I'll let you talk, Andrew. I just did wanted you? to say you're, no. not, respo- <laughs> you're not responsible for having to have that no, baggage conversation. That's not Real on you. Real quick, though. Did you say this was 1983? Yeah. Oh wow, that's a good year. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a good. Is year. That, no, I mean, they, Eddie Murphy's year Delirious were... came out that year too. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that. Yeah. Made oh, me is, think did about it really? No. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, and I think he was wearing a, a red suit in this too. So maybe '83 was just the year of red. Um, but I think that obviously, I think this is the funniest stand-up of all time. I cried. I laughed so hard the first time I saw it. Yes. We can, we're not going to have the whole discussion like Aaron said. Um, but it did, as I was making this list, I do want to preface, like, I want to talk, like, say my piece just real quick. Um, that I was wondering, can I separate, you know, what Bill Cosby is from this special? Because does what he did take away from the fact I think this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life? Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know. I, it's a it's a conversation I'd have to have with myself that I don't have time yeah. <laughs> to do. I think but, I don't know is a fine answer. That's a fine answer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But going into this special by itself, he has a bit where he is making chocolate cake or where he is giving out mm-hmm. chocolate cake for yeah. breakfast. Dead that might great. be... Give us the chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. And then his wife coming down... Uh, yeah, it's great. But hands down, the funniest stand-up bit I've ever seen in my entire life is in this, and it's the different types of drunk. The wino drunk and how they walk and how they talk, the the vodkas, the beers, and how they talk and how you get the beer gut and stuff like that. His descriptive ability whenever he was talking about, you know, different levels of drunk and stuff like that, and, you know, throwing up in the bathroom and, like, swearing up, to the toilet bowl that you're never going to drink again, you know, stuff like that is it's the funniest bit I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's perfect. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, good thing I don't have social media and I don't have to worry about people sending me a whole bunch of <laughs> oh, angry, I don't think you'd have to angry worry about tweets it. and stuff like was, that. Um, yeah. was, this is the one, too, where he talks about going to the dentist, right? He's got like, yeah. that whole yeah, thing and where he's, he's got, got the, the drool. floss. And yeah. The drool. Yeah. Yeah. My bottom, yeah. My bottom limit. No, I watched this my a lot. As a kid. My bottom be limit's on fire. My bottom be limit. <laughs> my bottom limit. Because <laughs> my bottom limit. <laughs> this was on I HBO mean, constantly back yeah. in the day, you know, so. I actually have this, yeah. uh, well, I don't have anymore, but uh, growing up, I had this LP. Um, nice. That that, uh, that I would listen to. So, yeah. Yeah. No, totally I'm, no, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk about something from, from back then, though, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of just, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be like, why didn't you talk about Richard Pryor, you know? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, that kind of thing. So that's at least yeah. we got well, you know, something and, and, in there. And if we talk about Eddie Murphy raw, we also have to yeah. have this conversation. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's, there is a lot about, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a different conversation because one is a conversation about the content of comedy. The other is a conversation about yes, the character absolutely. of a human being. Uh, those yeah. are very different conversations. I didn't mean to say they are the same. I just mean there is oh, depth. Yeah. I, yeah. There is depth to having conversation about any content produced by humans. And <clears> it's, you know. And the, the the other thing about Bill Cosby himself is that he he's just it's so clean and um that is rare right mm-hmm. I mean that's just yeah. most stand up comedy at least most stand up comedy we talk about is full of like nothing and I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't care about cursing and stuff but I'm just saying like it's full of being vulgar mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. and There's boundary pushing. between yeah yeah like, boundary pushing like, I mean this almost Brian feels Regan. like I'm sorry. We talked about Brian Regan. He's well, that's like true. One of the few. And yeah, that's I know true. we, that's we joked about Jeff Foxworthy, but you know, he's probably, I think he sold more comedy special CDs than anybody else. And yeah. he did it without ever saying a swear word. I, I like Foxworthy. I don't like the you might be a redneck stuff, but like just his yeah. general stand up is, is quite funny. Uh, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot of the time. But uh, if you yeah. grew up in the Ozarks, you had to be, uh, you had to have at least three Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> tapes, cassettes. So, uh, all right, I think we're ready for your number one, Jonathan. What do you got? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm sticking in 1996. 1996 apparently was also a good year for stand-up comedy, and that is Chris Rock. Uh, bring the pain. Uh, Chris Rock is just he. I don't know if he's my favorite stand-up comic, but he's definitely up there. I mean, I think he's, to me, what you were talking about, you know, like Dave Chappelle being to you. And I think they're kind of similar. They definitely came from around the same era, and especially around, you know, Def Comedy Jam and stuff like that was going on at this time, which I watched yeah. constantly. Um, and, and But Chris Rock kind of feels like the like the Def Comedy Jam comic that, that uh, I don't know, is, is a little high. Like, it's kind of more at the top, I guess, uh, whatever that means. But... Um, He's just, he's so funny, and he's had several specials. Bigger and Blacker, I believe, was the one before this that was really funny. Mm-hmm. But this also uh, came out in 96. I'm 20. I watched this on, I think, New Year's Eve. I don't know if that's when it premiered, but I'm pretty sure that's when I remember watching it. And uh, just was, this is one of those where I just could not stop laughing. Yeah. Um, this now might be most well-known for the Office episode which we actually send on TV sends That's where true. Michael Scott gets in trouble for uh, react reenacting a bit about, I'll just say about the media <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, from this. That's probably what this one's most known for, but this also has a lot of great bits. Uh, the, the HBO prison special bit, the, I prefer syrup. I'll leave that at that, but that is a great bit. Uh, the O.J. Simpson trial, he talks, he has a whole great thing on that. And uh, the, you know, I've been looking in the mailbox every day for my O.J. prize. 
Um, it, it's it's just it's amazing. Like from just beginning to end, it just absolutely slays me. And uh, twenty five years later, it it still kills me. I, I just recently rewatched this a few months ago, and uh, it's just it's so good. So yeah, I I can't not have that at the top of my list. But, nice. Uh, there you go, yep. and we know we'll we'll talk about a couple of honorable mentions here, but we know there will be people we miss. There are so many oh, great yeah. stand up comedians doing great work. Um, you know, I it would almost be a disservice to even start just listing names. Um, so we'll just go with our our honorable mentions that we have down. Yeah, I will start yeah. with probably my favorite comedian that wasn't mentioned, uh, which is uh, Gaffigan. Um, I really like that was, uh, that was I was just going to oh, mention Gaffigan, Gaffigan, man, that hot pockets. Oh God, he's so funny. Yeah, uh, Mr. Universe is probably my favorite special of his, but um, mm-hmm. but they're all great. Um, yeah. That whole the the just the whole bit of I don't think he's I don't think he's talking about us. Like the whole bit of imitating oh, where he a does the, of audience, the audience, the audience, is just, yeah, it's genius and it's <laughs> yeah, it just works so well. So yeah, I wanted to mention Gaff again, and then I would also just mention Bill Burr as well. Uh, I oh, really enjoyed so some of his stuff. Uh, Sorry You Feel That Way is probably uh, my favorite special of his. So Bill um, Burr's another one of those guys like Carlin that just, he might be the closest to Carlin that we have now where he's not as much like on the like lecture kind of thing, but he just, he says things that I wish I could get them across the way he says right, them because sure, it's amazing. Sure, sure. And he's not afraid. Like, and, and he never quite, he, I'm sure there are moments that people could point out, but for me personally, he rarely crosses that line into cringe. Right, right. It's it's right there. I mean, it's close <laughs> as hell, but yeah, uh, he's amazing. Andrew, uh, do you have any other honorable mentions you wanted to mention? Honorable? Yeah, I'll throw out a couple. Um, I didn't really do any like 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 popular comedians like right now, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna throw out Tom Segura. I think Tom Segura nice. is absolutely hilarious. His uh, mm-hmm. bikes uh, bit yeah. is, you know, it, it kills. Uh, a comedian that I don't think is really well known, but I really want to, like, you know, champion and make sure a lot of people know about is Kyle Kinane. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys know who he is. I know you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant comic. And then, of course, you have others like Lewis Black that you know you got to really shout out. And we we did mention Patton Oswalt earlier. Nobody like mentioned like a special of his, but uh, right. And I think the last two I'm going to mention just real quick. We lost him uh, a, a little bit ago, but John Panette. He was a really big guy. Um, he was also a comedian who uh, didn't really have to delve into the vulgarity or the foul language or anything like that to make you laugh a lot of his stuff was you know based on how big he was it was a lot of self-deprecation humor but there was also a lot of uh really you know funny you know like kind-hearted stuff in there too and i'm gonna get a lot of flack for this i don't care because i think that this special is genius i'm gonna go with vicious circle dane cook oh you know what that is a brilliantly executed special. I think it is great. No, I Dan, Dan Cook was very, very, very funny early on. Yeah. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's unfortunate what happened to him with his uh, brother and everything mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, threw him, you know, you know, into the whole ordeal that he had to go through. But uh, I, I would like to actually see Dane Cook make like make a comeback. I think that would yeah, that'd be, be cool. really cool. No, yeah. I, I think he gets kind of like made fun of, and he was really the first guy that used social media 
to his yeah. advantage. Like he built he was a, a giant. It, it's he was it's a giant. and he built himself up like that. Like he did. I mean, he just put in the work to like get his name out there. So like even if people hadn't heard of him, they'd see him all over social media and they'd go to the show and. Uh, yeah, he just he rose so quickly, but then like a lot of people, yeah. you know, it just yeah. Uh, and, and some of his later stuff wasn't as funny. I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit there and say it, it was consistent. I think once he got to bigger venues and stuff, it started losing me. But some of that early stuff, he's got a Comedy Central special. My wife and I still quote him all the time. He's got this whole thing about uh, the alien acid spit from the alien, and he's like, "I want that. I want the acid spit." You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just silly stuff like that. But it's just I don't know. It's it's very yeah. funny. It's unfortunate that yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. That'd be great to see him come back. Jonathan, yeah. uh, did you have any honorable mentions we, you wanted yeah, to throw Yeah, we already there? mentioned Eddie Murphy. Uh, I, I thought we should mention Delirious and Raw, because those are two I grew up on and watched all the time. Delirious, the first like 20 minutes of that oh, yeah. are basically impossible to get through now. And Eddie, and, and in all fairness to Eddie, he has been very forward about that and has been like, you know, I was a, you know, I was young, I've grown up, I can't believe I did that. Uh so I'm definitely not knocking Eddie by any means, but uh the, the homophobic nature and stuff of that is is really rough. Once you get past that, though, there's still some really great stuff in that. Raw has a little bit of that, too. Raw also has this weird thing where he's talking about uh, Bill Cosby's son, uh, mm-hmm. who has passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wasn't going he to uh, one of shot? His... Wasn't he shot? I believe uh, his so. Son? I believe that's yeah. right. Uh, but uh, he was, you know, there's a whole bit about him going to one of his shows. It still has one of my favorite things though, where he talks about how he called Richard Pryor after that because Bill Cosby upset him. And it's, I won't repeat it, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought those were worth mentioning. So those are, and those are, should be pretty easy to find. Uh, sure. One, yeah. uh, Delirious was 83, Raw was 87. The only other thing, and the only reason it didn't make my list because I couldn't really figure out what it was, but Rodney Dangerfield used to host these HBO <laughs> comedy specials. And Sam Kennison... Um, has uh, like a section on one of them, and it's just like thirty minutes or something. And I, I had a hard time finding it, so that that was why I really didn't put it in my top five. But it's Sam Kennison, who we also lost way too young. Um, was like I've never, I've never, I don't know anyone that can yell like Sam Kennison, can. right? And yeah. and yeah. you and it's it's like. It's not distracting. You know, it's not like Bobcat yeah. Goldthwait, which Bobcat Goldthwait's actually funnier than <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. uh but Kennison just I don't know what that talent you would call that, but it's just unreal. Like I don't even know how he had a voice after yeah. he would do a show. He found he found a performance it's almost like a singer, right? Can find yeah. a way to yeah. contract their vocal cords in a way that allows them to do certain things and he just oh, yeah, man. he had that scream that that he could just do. <laughs> But he has this I whole. Just, that's, if you might have heard of this, I'm sorry, Andrew. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just no, going to say real quick about the special. There's a whole bit about at the time. Uh, the I don't know if people would know what this is now, but I guess the biggest compare, the best comparison would be like the dog commercials we get now, where you can save the dogs with the Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin song playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Back yeah, in the, the 80s, the it was it was the kids in Ethiopia were starving, and oh, yeah. were like a dollar fifty a month, a cup of coffee, yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so he did this whole bit, and it just it goes into like why you can't grow stuff in sand and all kinds of different ven- <laughs> ways. But it's just it's so funny. Uh, yeah, it and it even still today, even though it's a little cringy, it still it still holds up because it actually makes a lot of sense what he's saying. But, sure. Uh, yeah, Sam Kennison, uh, Richard Pryor live at the Sunset Strip was one that I just haven't seen that in so long. Uh, but that was also one that I watched a lot. Uh, in my in my younger years and nice. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there I just you go. thought of one that 
if I would have thought of it as a comedy special, it would have made my top five. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and shout it out now. Flight of the Concords, live HBO. Oh, yeah. Sure. So good. Be- I, yeah. I don't really think, it, but it's technically a stand-up special. I, you know, I agree. But with two guys. I, know, I, it's- I thought about Penn and Teller. Like, I almost sure. put Penn and Teller on my list because I think they yeah. are 100% comics. Yeah, you know, if, oh, yeah. If, if Amazing Jonathan is a stand-up comic, comedy. then Penn and Teller are comics. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So. But I would, I think, I think the HBO live performance by Fly of the Conquerors would definitely make my top five. Now that mm. I think about it, yeah, excellent. Well, there you go. Uh, best ever stand-up specials. Again, we know, we know, we missed some. Absolutely understand that there's some you wanted to hear that we didn't. Mention. Steve there's Martin. Lo- yeah. There's- no, oh, don't. Gosh. We can't do it. We can't just start <laughs> listing names. There are too many. Uh, so, um, so yeah. Killed alive. I hope. I'm sorry. I'll quit. I'm quitting. I'm stopping. I promise. Uh, I mean, hey, listen. It's already a supersized show because of the topic. You know, like why not? Yeah. Uh, but thanks for letting us do that. I think uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed kind of yeah, talking about that. And like you said, Jonathan, it may just be a night to fire up some comedy specials tonight because mm-hmm. uh, I need to see some of those. It's feeling it. Uh, All right, let's move on to Buried Treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Uh, Guest always goes last on this. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? I'm going with the Vigima game. Um, One of my favorite game series of all time is Mass Effect. And they just released Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is all three games combined into one, 4K remastered. Nice. And yeah, what I love about the Mass Effect trilogy is it's one of those uh, kind of kind of choose your own adventure in the sense that your choices do have consequences and ramifications. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about it is your choices carry from one game to the next. So something you did in the first Mass Effect games, like if you let somebody live they might show up in Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3, but if you kill them, they're not going to show up in those games. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect is, if I was going to say, like, a game series, not my favorite game of all time, but game series, mm-hmm. I think Mass Effect would be what I would consider the greatest game series of all time. Wow. Nice. I'm going yeah. with uh, I'm going with Super Mario, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> me I'll, too, but that's because I haven't played a video game in like right, 15 years. Right, no, so, I'm, yeah, I'm Super with Mario you. 3, you guys heard <laughs> yes. that? It's great. Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, yeah. I've already put about 50 hours in over the last couple weeks that it's been uh, out. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a completionist. I have to do yeah. every single side quest and sure. stuff like that. Sure. No, I'm, so. I'm See, the same way, which is why I can't why play I, video games anymore. I had to, Yeah, I had to quit mm. playing them. I, yeah. I like video games, but I just <laughs> I, I, I can't have one more thing. Like, I'm, I'm yep. out. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, what I you am, got, I am glad that Lego Masters is back. Um, I talk, Jonathan, you're going to hear this all over again because I talked about this on Behind the Sins too. Uh, I could actually talk about, let me just say this. This show is so much fun. Will Arnett is such a great host. Watching people at this skill level do this kind of creation with these little plastic blocks just blows my mind. I love watching amazing people do amazing things, and this happens week after week after week in the show. Uh, I love how they have it set up. I love its sense of humor. I really enjoy it. It's anxiety-inducing. Uh, the the Lego Masters, there's your Lego Masters uh, pitch. However, I will shift here, and as my unofficial buried treasure say... Because uh, I didn't know this was going to be the case when I sent in my picks. But uh, I did get a chance to see the first two episodes of Loki 
Um, nice. So Disney sent those my way. That starts this week. <laughs> and Andrew has taken out his headphones. I forgot to take my headphones out, so I just really <laughs> amped up your audio. I know. It was so funny because that was my first thought. Andrew puts his hands over his ears, over his earbuds. So he's just making me louder. Um, yeah. That, that was really funny. Uh, I won't say anything spoilery. Um, all I will say is I really, really really enjoyed it uh i am so pumped for the rest of this season uh i it comes out wednesday right correct i think it's out this wednesday uh so i loved wandavision like really loved wandavision um falcon and the winter soldier i enjoyed um but not as much as wandavision i think i may end up loving this more than both of them um i i it is just so funny so well done. It's playing with my brain in some really fun and interesting ways. Tom Hiddleston is just so great. Um, Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson is great. Uh, is he like, hey, Loki. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey Loki. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow, Loki. Wow. wow. Where are you going in time? Wow. This time, Loki. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, the next five minutes is just going to be insanely bad Owen Wilson impressions. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey. Wow. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that's all I that's all I will say about Loki is that I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys do too cuz it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. It gave me the humor, I will say this, the humor reminded me of The Good Place. It reminded me of, like The Good Place vibes. Um I mean, with the Wow. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm a big fan of the good place. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Ted uh, Danson, wow. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what is your buried treasure? Mine is so dumb, but uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a new show that just came out on Amazon. It's called Panic. Um, oh, it, yeah. is a, it is a 10-episode series. It is based on a YA novel by uh, the great Lauren Oliver from uh, 2014. Um, I had not read the book, so I, I didn't know what this was going in. And uh, as Aaron knows, I will say this is not a CW show, but it's not on the CW, but it is CW-esque, I would mm-hmm. say, with its with its cast and everything. And as Aaron knows from being on, uh, working with me for the last two years, I, I weirdly watch a ton of CW shows. Um, so uh, I, I will say this is better than like something like Riverdale, though. Uh, okay. So, so Aaron, you might even like it. Um, but yeah, no, it's flash cool. or it's... arrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this takes place in a small town in Texas called Carp. I didn't even look to see if that was a real place. No clue. <laughs> but it's a it's a small place in Texas. So there's not you know it's not real. It's a place people kind of get stuck in. So they have this game for the seniors called Panic, and if you can win the game, you get uh, fifty thousand dollars which would obviously give you the ability to get out of the town if you need to. So a mm-hmm. lot of the seniors participate in this game. So that's a central setup. So basically the show, it's it's a lot of it is a mystery. Like you don't really know exactly what the game is, what it entails. So you kind of find out from week to week the things they're doing. It's it's kind of like a they have to do like these crazy feats. Like you've got to, you know, you've got to jump off a cliff into water and you know, that's mm-hmm. where it starts and then it just kind of gets crazier after that. Um, uh, watching so a bunch of senior citizens do that must be insane. <laughs> seniors. Oh, different kind of seniors. Oh, different seniors. kind of seniors. High school oh, okay. seniors. Uh, mm. Although these these people probably are like 33. I have no idea. But they're supposed to be like Oh, 18. it's that kind of a show where you have 34, 35-year-olds <laughs> yeah. playing 17-year-olds. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're probably not that old. But uh, but they're they're 
probably well in their 20s. But uh, yeah, so they're doing all these things. So you have like the mystery of what's going on. Like, why is this game? You don't know who's running the game. So that's like a mystery that you're trying to figure, you know, that you're finding out. Also, the there's potent, it's possible that people have died in the game. That's kind of a, a thing going mm-hmm. on. So there's all this, there's all this intrigue and stuff going on. Um, it's a good cast. I most of the younger people I had never I had never really seen that much of. Um, who's the person that plays uh, Olivia Welch, who was in Unbelievable? She had a small part on the the great show Unbelievable. Uh, she's also going to be on the upcoming Fear Street films that are going to be on Netflix. Uh, she's your main person. Uh, she's a uh, uh, kind of a. She's on the poorer side of town, and um, she had all this money saved up to go to get out of there to go to the school. And uh, through various reasons, she lost that money. So now she's having to try to win this. So she's kind of your main person. And there's there's your typical, there's like the the stoner guy and the the popular girl, and you know all that kind of stuff. They don't they don't shy away from that. But all the actors are a fair game. The adult cast is interesting. There's like. Like Nancy McKeon, who played Joe on Facts of Life, is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, uh, you know, like from Die Hard and stuff, uh, is also in this. Mariah Kelly uh, from The Cutting Edge. I mean, see, they have all these like like eighties and nineties actors are kind of coming back and, and doing this show. So that's really cool. Uh, but no, I, I'm having a good time with it. It's not great. Uh, this isn't a show that's going to make Aaron cry, uh, <laughs> like like Mayor of East Town or something. But it's like the perfect show for the summer, man. It's sure. just, is that it's, show good? Uh, Mayor of Easttown? Mayor of Easttown's yeah. great. Oh, it's great. I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought Aaron would have talked about it on here. I wasn't sure. but uh, <laughs> He may have. <laughs> it's well, quite I'm, possible. I, <laughs> but, I don't uh, listen to what Aaron says. Yeah, no, it's Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown is I wait for, <laughs> I wait like for everybody to quit talking, and then I say something. Yeah, <laughs> this is not Emmy-worthy, but this is a lot of fun. This is like the perfect type of show for the summer. It's like a... It's a summer movie on a television series. It's, uh, I'm, I had a really good time with it. So, it kind of sounds like the Hunger Games mixed yeah. with Nerve. Did you guys ever see Nerve? That yes. Dave yes. Franco, it, it's, Emma Roberts. Yes. It's very movie? similar to Nerve. It is. It's. It's a lot more. Uh, it's. It's a lot more modern. I would mm-hmm. say there's there's not a lot of you know tech savviness to it or anything. But uh, but mm. yeah, it's definitely in that kind of vein. I um, uh, Amazon sent me although that whole- movie was bad. Uh, Amazon sent me the season of this a while back and yeah. when they were trying to promote it and stuff and I got through the first three episodes and I just okay. I, w- I wasn't hooked enough to to care I, it really did feel very CW teenage angst you know kind of thing and yeah, I was just I like mean, I don't know it's on Amazon it's not on a network so it's right. definitely there's it's a little darker and a little, a little more a little, little more to it than your your average like CW mm-hmm. show but uh but no it feels very much if you if you enjoy stuff like Riverdale or the 100 uh if you enjoy stuff like that I think you're going to get it, I think you're going to enjoy this uh if you yeah. don't this probably won't do anything for you so a low stakes show that you can just sit back yeah. and enjoy and if yeah. somebody dies off you know you're like it sucks but eh, that's fine and it works. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with it. They could definitely have another season, but it definitely works as a self-contained. That's the thing I'm having a hard time with these streaming shows because like Netflix just cancels stuff like all the time. Like before I could even watch Jupiter's Legacy, that it's like, well, I'm not watching that now cuz I mean, yeah. I you know, it's just like I don't know. I don't want to get invested in something I know is not coming back. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Uh, that is Panic on Amazon Prime. Uh, Lego Masters is on Fox and Hulu. Uh, and the Mass Effect is... Um, on all platforms. On all platforms. So there you go. We did it, guys. We did a podcast. Hey. Well done it was to all of It a long episode. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thank you. Big thanks to Drew for doing the visuals that you see during the show. Big claps. And thank you to Jonathan Watkins, my buddy from TV Sins in the Cinema Sins universe, coming by hanging out with us again today. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything you want to promote? Anywhere you want to send people? Uh, I mean, you know, definitely if you aren't already, please check out Cinema Sins, TV Sins, Music Video Sins. We now have Commercial Sins. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you didn't know, that's a channel we launched a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can check all those out on YouTube. And uh, I'm I'm on Twitter, at SamLoomis13. And you can also uh, hear me every week, as Aaron has said, on Behind the Sins. It's me and Aaron and the lovely uh, Denae Hughes. Or Denny Hughes, as she likes to go by <laughs> As that she prefers. As she yes. prefers. Yes. Denny uh, <laughs> Thank you to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Uh, support starts at 3 bucks a month. There's different levels. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, rating, review uh, at uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also email us, feedback at siftpop.com if you have anything you want to say. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than being interested in everything all of the time. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with In the Heights and Infinite. And we will see you then. Bye. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow guys. Marky Mark Wahlberg. Infinite. <laughs> wow. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.